Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks so much for joining me now today. Look, it's an absolute pleasure. I never get to see you. And this is, uh, you know, this is this is probably, I've only done this maybe seven times. So it's, it's great. Okay, well, I dive right in, Pesh. Please do, yeah. Now, I know I told you we were going to do one topic, but oh, we're actually you. going to do another topic, but it's a good one. Oh, great. Okay. Okay, diving right in. So the year is 1908 and we're in Glasgow, a city you love. I do love Glasgow. I love performing there. And hopefully now it's going to host Eurovision Is next it? year. It's either Glasgow or Liverpool. Stand oh, to two cities. I, do you know what? I'd love either of them Yeah, together. yeah. You let the proclaimers uh, in, the, in the middle section. And I will we'll walk 500 miles. What a classic. Yeah. Okay, so this was just before the proclaimers. It was 1908. <laughs> and the police were called on the evening on the 21st of December um, to this lady's home. Her name was Miss Marion Gilchrist. And I'm afraid a terrible incident had befallen her. So on the evening in question, the 21st of December, Marion Gilchrist sent like her maid Helen Lamb out for an evening paper. When the girl returned only about 10 minutes later, she was accompanied by Mr. Adams, who was a neighbor. She opened the door with her key, but the moment she entered the flat, a man came out from the bedroom, ran past her and rushed down the stairs. Not very alarmed, which I mean, I will probably be slightly alarmed, but Who's to say? I don't know what was going on in the gaff, but Helen was not alarmed by this whatsoever. Presumably she just thought maybe a visitor or something. She went into the kitchen and then the bedroom and finally the dining room. On the floor of the dining room, lying in a pool of blood, was Miss Gilchrist. She had been brutally battered about the head and was dead. 
Running from the flat screaming, Lamb was joined again joined by Mr. Adams and both ran downstairs into the street. But the street was empty because obviously it was evening mm. time. Adams, the neighbour, then went for his own doctor, whose name was also Adams. So this is where things get confusing. But from his examination, Dr. Adams was of the opinion that Miss Gilchrist had died from blows from a broken chair leg. He then telephoned for the police and after carefully examining the flat and close, closely questioning Helen Lamb. Oh, apologies. It's actually Lamy. Oh, I was thinking that. Is that a Scottish name, Lamy? Um, don't know. Don't know. I've never heard Lamb, but I've heard Lamy before. No, I've never heard Lamy, but yeah. I've heard of Lamb yeah. before. That's gas, isn't it? We're reeling to the angle. Yeah, here, yeah. Me? Maybe one of us is more or less travelled than the other. We don't really never know. Perhaps, perhaps. So the murderer, the police kind of got a few facts together and they worked out that the murderer had lit the gas in the bedroom and had left behind his box of matches. So presumably maybe trying to start a fire. Yeah. A wooden box in Miss Gilchrist's um, uh, bedroom. This was where she kept like her private papers and stuff. Had been forced open and the contents scattered on the floor. But although several pieces of jewellery lay on a dressing table, only one piece, that was a diamond brooch, was missing. And although jewellery to the value of £3,000, which is a lot of money back then, lay in other rooms. Back then? Even now that's lots of money, isn't it, Bob? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not even one piece had been stolen. Both Helen Lammy and Adams described the man they had seen as being between 25 and 30, 5 foot 8 or uh, 5 foot 9, slim, dark haired, clean shaven, and he wore a grey overcoat. Mickey was- Joe Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Joe Hart when he won, when, no. he, when he entered Eurovision around that time. There was another witness, however, a 14 year old girl called Barrowman. So she was kind of like an errand girl um, who ran errands for the house. So she was passing the house on the night of the murder when a man rushed into the street and almost knocked her down. But Barrowman's description of the man was very different from that given by Lammy and Adams. Four days after the murder, information received uh, by the police led them find this guy called Oscar Slater. So the information they got was that Oscar Slater had been trying to sell a pawn ticket for a diamond brooch. So do you remember they said Mm -hmm. that a diamond brooch was missing? Oscar was German and he was also Jewish. So this would have been, you know, I mean, I feel like we're kind of forever saying this in terms of history, but obviously there would have been a degree of anti-Semitism here as well. So that was the context you know, in which Oscar, um, I guess, was kind of being named as somebody who exhibited suspicious behaviour. But at the same time, a diamond brooch was missing. This guy presents at a pawn shop with a diamond brooch. You can understand why they wanted to question him. So Oscar Lesch-Siener, a native of Germany, had arrived in Glasgow about a month before the murder. He was accompanied by André Antoine, a French woman, and they occupied a flat at St. George Road under the name of Anderson. Another of his aliases was Slater, and it was as Oscar Slater that he was known in Glasgow. Slater claimed to be a dentist and also styled himself as a dealer in kind of valuable stones. Mm. But he wasn't a dentist. He was moonlighting as a dentist. So this guy like is kind of your Tinder nightmare pretending to be a dentist. It turns out he's just a gambler who, you know, kind of obviously lives by... I guess, you know, lives by the seat of his pants kind of guy. And he spent most of his time in the casinos and the various clubs in India Street. He was 39, five foot eight, and he was broadly built, deep chested and had a short black moustache. 
Following the information they received, they discovered that Slater and his female companion had already left for Liverpool. The next day, which was Stevens's day, the 26th of December, the couple sailed on board the Lusitania for New York. Meanwhile, the police had discovered that the clue brooch had been in continuous pawn since the 18th of November, five days before the murder. In other words, it wasn't the one missing from Miss Gilchrist's so it was in a three rows of diamonds, whereas the one stolen from Miss Gilchrist only had one. Yet in spite of this obvious issue, a reward of £200 was offered and there was a warrant put out for Sasha's arrest. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So obviously when they reached New York, the police in New York were made aware and the second they reached New York, Slater was immediately arrested. So when news of Slater's arrest reached Glasgow, the detectives accompanied by witnesses Lammy, Adams and Barrowman, the little errand girl, mm. they left for New York. So that was a nice trip. Exactly, if you yeah. Could get yeah. It. Would have been tough, but it wouldn't have been, you know, those ships back then. Like, like, well, that's like, true. Like coffin ships. You we're know, not talking been... <laughs> Would have been like famine ships, would have been. We're like, not talking Stennessee Link, that's no, for sure. No, but still, even Stennessee Link have stopped, haven't they? Like, they're not working anymore. Like, Are they not? I don't think so. No, oh, RIP. Yeah, on their arrival in New York, the New York police held an ID parade. But before the parade took place, Lammy and Barman were permitted to see Slater, which obviously is a big issue with an ID parade. So it's not surprising that they then picked him out because they had seen him beforehand. Adams, on the other hand, was not so sure and would go no further than to say that he looked kind of like the guy. And although Slater was strongly advised to resist extradition, he refused. And interestingly, even though he didn't have to, he insisted on returning to Glasgow to stand trial. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. would you think? Guilty or not guilty? Not like, guilty. Of course. If yeah. you volunteer to go back to country exactly. and stand trial. The trial of Oscar Slater began before Lord Guthrie in the High Court in Edinburgh in 1909, on 3rd of May, to be precise. Mr. Alexander Er. Don't tell me he turned up wearing the thing in his. <laughs> if they, that's the, I swear to God now, if, that's, if he turns up in court wearing the brooch or the thing on, around his neck, whatever. like. So this guy was the prosecutor, Er, and he kind of, I guess, emphasized that. You know, if Lammy and Barrowman had positively identified Slater as the man they saw running, they also identified a waterproof coat found in Slater's trunk. But I mean, that doesn't seem like carried evidence. No, sure, Jesus, we can all have waterproof. Got the same coat. Yeah, things you in their need trunk. to get. I was only saying to you today, you need to get a waterproof coat. Yeah, just in case something like this happens. <laughs> 
you really need one now more than ever. The witness Adams, who claimed the neighbor who claimed that he was short sighted, stuck to what he had said in New York that he couldn't he couldn't say it was later. So the prosecution didn't call the doctor Adams, who had obviously arrived on the scene as a witness, nor did the prosecution call a man who said he had seen Slater standing in his own door an hour before the crime was alleged to have been committed. Huge public interest, of course, in the trial at the time. It was very intense. And there was very little public sympathy for the accused, especially given the fact that he was kind of moonlighting as a dentist and wasn't a dentist. And obviously within the context of anti-Semitism and all of that, Slater was ably defended, but ultimately found guilty and sentenced to death. Two days, yeah. Two days before he was due to be hanged, Fred, however, he was reprieved and sent to penal servitude for life. There was no court for criminal appeal at that time, but with Slater safely behind bars, the public were kind of happy to, I guess, say, look, that's it, case closed, we got the guy, and the authorities were equally happy to do that. But shortly after Slater had gone to prison, serious doubt as to his guilt began. Questions were asked in Parliament by Sir Edward Marshall Hall and none other than Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I should say, future author of Sherlock Holmes. They raised the case of Oscar Slater and they questioned the verdict and suggested that there had been a serious miscarriage of justice. And a police officer called Detective John Thompson Trench. He also, he was a police officer in Glasgow. He really kind of, I suppose, went against the grain and said, I don't think this guy did it. Yeah. A brilliant detective, Trench, had been in the force for 21 years and he hadn't investigated the murder directly, but he really believed that Miss Gilchrist had been murdered by a person who was known to her and to Helen Lammy. So he thought that Helen Lammy, the girl who worked Mm. in the house, knew who killed Miss Gilchrist and she was just frightened. I wasn't convenient for her heading off to America as well. Like maybe she was running. Well, Yes, but they did come back then, though. Okay. Yeah, so they didn't go for life, but... Uh, Just like the J1 or something. (laughs) A bit of a J1 situation. Three months in San Diego. She couldn't get the the visa. Sleep all day and drink all night. That's a real J1 anthem, isn't it? Yes, the song is called the J1. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Funny. So Lammy, the, uh, the girl called Lammy... Uh, who worked in the house, she had gone to the house of Miss Beryl, a niece of Miss Gilchrist, and had said, oh, Miss Beryl, I saw the man who did it. I think it was A.B. I'm sure it was A.B. So this was a name, Mm. obviously, that they redacted. But she said she named a person and she said she thought it was this guy Mm -hmm. who wasn't Oscar Slater. So as a police officer, Trench's duty was kind of, you know, I suppose to fall in with the force, but he really wasn't happy. And after five years after Slater gone to prison, Trench communicated what he believed to be the truth to Mr. David Cook, who was a solicitor in the city. In 1914, Mr. Cook forwarded the statements to the Secretary of State for Scotland and he, he then proceeded to order the Sheriff of Lanarkshire to hold an inquiry. In due course, the Sheriff communicated his findings to Parliament. For a police officer to disclose information acquired during the course of his duties was, I guess, a breach of police regulations. He knew he was taking a risk, but on the ninth, in 1914, on the 14th of September, he was basically sacked from the force. So he did it knowing that he was going to be sacked, yeah. basically, which I think is a real testament to his character. He missed the pension then. 
It yeah. gives close to attention, like I everything. Know, 21 like, years, really, yeah. really tough. So Slater at this stage had already served 15 years of his sentence. When Sir Arthur Conan Doyle applied to the Secretary of State for his release, his request was refused, but then the press got on this. This is like the Guildford Four and he just wanted them. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a real case mm. of miscarriage of justice. So a lot well, of... maybe it isn't. We don't know yet. Now, come on, Fred. We don't know. Well, OK, fair enough. Um, from time to time, articles appeared giving more and more information about uh, the case until on the 14th of November, 1927. Slater was released on license. So what followed made legal history. Basically, the appeal was heard in Edinburgh by five judges, and it was allowed on the grounds of basically misdirection by the first judge. Slater was granted ex gratia payment of £6,000 in consequence of wrongful conviction and imprisonment. At that stage, he had spent 19 years in prison. In the eyes of the law, he ought never to have been convicted. Following his release, he went to live in Ayrshire, and it was there that he died aged 79 oh. on the 31st of January 1948. The Slater case did nothing to enhance the reputation of the Glasgow police force, who at the time were coming in for a lot of stick. It was alleged that those responsible had withheld vital evidence in relation to the question, did any witness name a person other than Oscar Slater? The mystery, though, the main, I suppose, other than, of course, the miscarriage of justice, the main tragedy here is that the mystery of who killed Marion Gilchrist remains unanswered. However, going back to Officer Trench and following Slater's successful appeal, it was assumed that Trench would be automatically reinstated into the police force, but nothing of that nature occurred. So he was never reinstated, even though it was He would have been elderly now at that stage. He would have, but just even as a point of principle, um, they never reinstated him, which is quite sad considering they did find out that he was right. Exactly. They could have invited him back to the dinners or, do you know, the uh, get-togethers, reunions, at least. I know. Dad still occasionally goes to those coffee mornings. Yeah, they're savage. Yeah, I was at one of them when it was. Yeah, I was. No, not the, no, it was the night. It was more of a nightclub thing for a retired guard. Do you remember you were there as well? It was great fun. Oh, and yeah. the poor woman fell over. Oh, I still think yeah. about that every yeah. day. You know yeah. when an older person has a nasty fall? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that how they say, you know, you're getting old when you fall and nobody laughs? Everyone just Colin goes. Colin McDonald says that, yeah. Says yeah, that? Colin McDonald. Great act. Very funny. So, yeah. I love this bit about the Dodgers. What's the bit about the Dodgers? Do you know how you get in? There's always one poor fecker who's stuck oh, in the British. Dodger yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. The Dodger, or as we call them, I always call them bumper cars. Bumper cars, yeah. But I think in his in his act, he calls them Dodgers. He breaks it down, calling. He says that it just shows you the difference between English and Irish that that in England they call them Dodgems because they're trying to dodge each other, organise. But in, in Ireland, it's like feck or bumper cars. They're going to bump and devil oh, you can. Oh, that's very like. true. Because yeah, the whole yeah. point of a bumper car is to hit your mate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like Dodgems, there's no cracking that. And like. it is very funny, the guy or girl or who, whatever you identify as, being in the bumper car that doesn't work, it's just gas. The look of their yeah, face. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Very funny stuff. Colin McDonald, very funny. He is very good. Is he on the Instagram and stuff? I uh, don't know. Don't think so. I'd say he's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he's on Twitter. Yeah. Fred, thank you so much for joining me. It was a nice short one this evening. And of course, we're doing this in celebration of something very exciting that's happening. We're bringing back Trapped. We're bringing back Trapped. And we're very excited. That's we should really explain what Trapped is. <laughs> well, in lockdown, Julie and I, because we're up a mountain, said, you know what? We're not seeing enough of each other, hanging out with each other because we're in this bubble with our son, Ted. So we decided to do a podcast 
and we were t- chatting to each other and stuff. So we only well, we did four. We did, did three. We did three. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, you were because the numbers were good, and it was getting a lovely response. Oh, I'm coughing too. Excuse me. It's a cough off. Um, <laughs> it's in Ireland we call that flirting. We call yeah. it flirting. Yeah, flirty, flirty coughing. Um, but we so the numbers were good. We did three. Now, when I say the numbers were good, you know, blind boy can sleep easy. But like <laughs> for us, the numbers were good. Yeah. But then what I love about you, Fred, you're a man of integrity. You just said you weren't enjoying it. Well, I think you felt that as well. Just at the time, we were busy. There's a lot going we on. But now busy. we're busy. We were doing nothing. Well, I know. Yeah. But we were yeah. just, it was a bad time, I think, in lockdown. We had a new baby. Yeah, exactly. You were away working. Yeah, so Trapped is back. And if you think we're gas now, you should listen to us on Trapped. We're I hilarious. Know, it'd be good. I think we'll just do, well, I don't know what we say we're hilarious. Are we? Well, I don't know. It's up for us to say. I think I think when we get chatting, I think we are funny when we get chatting, yeah, to yeah. be fair. Exactly, yeah, yeah. We're... So please check it out. Yeah, when are we starting it, Pet? So we're, we're recording one this week. We're going to have it okay, out next week. Every brilliant. Wednesday, baby. Yeah. And you can subscribe to Trapped, actually, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And it's going to be in the comedy genre, I guess, of podcasts, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're not yeah. going to be current affairs. And if we're not, if there's no laughter. We're not going to the bins. And if there's no laughter or quietness, we, we can just put it down into the meditation genre of podcasts. It's just relaxed. Let's it's not the silence. Let's leave it on that comedy gold. Thank you so much. I've been Julie J. I've been Fred Cook. Thanks You're Julie listening. Cook. Married Julie Cook. Thanks for listening, guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.